You're now listening to Locked On 76ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today, we're going to be discussing the continued growth of Tyrese Maxey in a big win over the Memphis Grizzlies. Let's get into it. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today, we are going to be discussing Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris and a big win over the Memphis Grizzlies at home. But we're also going to be discussing Grizzly star John Morant and the issues he gave the team as well. I am Kai Carlin of Sixers Wire, along with the OG Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Keith, What's going on, man? What's popping, young buck? Hey, man. The Sixers were able to pick up an impressive 122 to 119 overtime win over the Memphis Grizzlies. No Joel Embiid took a planned rest day, but they got a huge game out of Tyrese Maxey. 33 points, 13 for 23 shooting, uh, knocked down a triple. Um, he also had eight assists, and he made a couple of big plays in the fourth quarter in overtime. Just what did what did you make of Tyrese's play? You know, I really, I really liked it. I must say, enjoyed it. I mean, I guess it was an enjoyable game because of the excitement. So I guess I can say I enjoyed it. But here's the thing about Tyrese. You know, the guy scored six of their eleven points in overtime. He scored their final, the final four points of the game. He had a layup that gave him a go ahead, go ahead basket with twenty six point four seconds left. Then he comes back and and scores the the final bucket right before the buzzer so he had a big game um you know and for a while though I'm gonna be honest with you I was getting a little concerned like I know he had 11 points in the first quarter on five for seven shooting but I'm like look bruh you can't turn this into a one-on-one like I know that you're a good point guard you want to show people what you can do but I was a little concerned because I felt like he was going to and veering towards turning this into a one-on-one battle with John Morant, you respect it. You know you know he wants to do it. But then it got to a point where, you know, he started doing all the other things that he normally does, you know, feeding people, finding people, running, executing, playing solid defense. So overall, I felt it was a great game. Now, again, 33 points is great, right? But the thing that really stood out to me was his four-block shots. He was there on the defensive end. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. And the thing is, the the most of those block shots were kind of like, they kind of reminded me of Matisse's block shots. Like, you know, Matisse kind of gets that, like, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, contested shot. There were a lot of times where Tyrese was just kind of trailing a guy, whether it be John Morant or even Desmond Bain a little bit, and Tyrese was just kind of coming, blocking from behind. Um, other than that, though, I will say the Grizzlies definitely, they – they picked on him on the defensive end. Like, like Desmond Bain had a huge game uh, for the Grizzlies, and it, just, it kind of seemed like that he was going to, you know, lift the Memphis by himself, you know, when Ja, you know, was kind of getting swallowed up a couple times by the defense. Bain shot 12 for 21. He scored 34 points of his own. He had seven rebounds. And, you know, he for the majority of the game, Keith, he was defended by Ty, um, Tyrese. So, uh, Matisse really took on the challenge of John Morant, but um, Tyrese had the four blocks were impressive, 
But I feel like in the overall grand scheme of things, though, um, he didn't really have the greatest defensive game. He just he made up for it by the fact that he had a huge offensive night. Yeah, I mean, when, when we want to talk about defense, and I know we're talking about Tyrese, but the guy who, you know, I have my best and worst awards in, in the Philadelphia Inquirer, and the guy who I gave it to defensively was Andre Drummond. I mean, you know, just because he had three blocks, he had two steals, and he was just cleaning up the defensive glass, right? But so with that, yes, it was great for him to get those four blocks, and that was impressive towards me. But, yeah, he didn't get it because, you know, Baines, Bain was just getting bucket after bucket, you know, on the, on, uh, on the offensive end. But you know what? You know, when you look at it, the first thing you talked about how was um, Joel and B not playing in this game, right? So when you look at it, in order for the, the Sixers to win, you say, I mean, we actually said that after shoot-around. Maxie has to get 30. Tobias has to get 30. Maxie got 33. Maxie stepped up in the overtime period. So, you know, overall, you have to give him – you've got to give him credit. You know I mean? He played 42 minutes, 30 seconds. So he played a, a, a heck of a game. Yeah, and, and again, it was um, an effort they really needed. And, you know, Andre Drummond, uh, he, he played well. And filling in for Joel, he finished with uh, 16 points, 23 rebounds. Um, he had five assists. He had three blocks, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, three blocks. And, you know, it looked like him and Tyrese really kind of was able to run the pick and roll really well. And I feel like that's always something that's really huge with any point guard, but especially with Tyrese just because he's a scoring guard. He gets downhill a lot and you can get to the basket. But there were a lot of times where it looked like Drummond was setting a screen the Grizzlies would try to blitz Tyrese and try to force him into a turnover. And you know what times they did. He's a young guard. But I feel like Tyrese handled it well. He threw a couple of lobs at Andre. It looked like the two of them had a, some really good chemistry, and that's something that's really big moving forward. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, because when you talk about what he did, now he did have three turnovers, right? Right. But when you compare that, like, John Moran had nine turnovers, then right. you say to yourself, like, okay, he had, you know, eight assists, three turnovers, where Ja had – five assists, nine turnovers. So that's not really working out well. Um, so, yeah, he, you know, he's, he's a work in progress. I mean, we keep saying that. And I know people, what are you talking about, Pompey? 33 points, four blocks. But in regards, we're talking about running an offense. He's getting there. He's getting better. He's taking the, the proper steps. But, you know, I, you know it's, it's just one of those things where I think the biggest growth that we're going to see with him is next season the biggest growth next season yeah and, and like you know like we've always kind of been talking about it a couple times here on the podcast like the biggest growth we're going to see out of Tyrese is definitely going to be this summer and how he uh can really take a step forward not just as a scorer but as a point guard as well you know like he had eight assists in the game Keith but there are still you know little things here and there that he is definitely going to have to improve uh, going to have to improve on when it comes to his passing. There were a couple um, plays that looked like he mi- he missed. Um, you know, like there there was an opportunity for Tobias. I, I think in the fourth quarter that just he missed and Tyrese drove to the basket and got a shot blocked. So you know, just again, it's going to come with time. It's going to come with a lot of I guess you know development. It's going to come with a lot of film watching. And, and you know, another thing that we also mentioned is the fact that Tyrese is a workaholic, and he he'll he'll figure it out, Keith. But yeah, it's just the biggest growth in his de- uh, development is definitely going to be over the summer going into his third year. Yeah, and, and, and that, that's not, not – it's just that you, you look at him, you know, you, the one thing you pointed out is his work ethic, right? 
he is uh, a student of the game. He is a hard worker. Yeah. And basically, you know, he was a combo guard. He said he was a point guard coming up. He was a combo guard. He was a two guard in his one year in Kentucky. He was a combo guard last year. So right now he has the ball in his hands. So there's going to be certain things that he's going to work on over the summer that's going to help him. Now, you know, because I just know how this kid is. He's going to be doing three a days, maybe four a day. Probably. You know, doing whatever just so he can hone up his, his point guard skills. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, man. I mean, because the kid has it. And you can just tell because the kid's, the kid's 21 years old. Um, he's proven himself to be a pretty, a pretty good leader for for a kid so young, and he's kind of just he's showing off a lot of mental toughness. He's showing off a lot of improvements in his game in terms of being as a three point shooter. His defense has kind of been coming along a little bit. Um, obviously, his passing has continued to improve, and and there and there obviously has to be more improvement from Tyrese in order for the for him and the Sixers to really take the next step, but. You just you, you can just tell that the kid has it. Whatever it is, Tyrese Maxey has it, and that's one of the more uh, impressive things about his game. Coming up next, we're going to be talking about Tobias Harris and how he was able to help the Sixers get the job done without Joel, especially on a night that he has had to be able to uh, prove himself in a tough matchup. But first, we're going to hear from TurboTax and Rock Auto. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or do your taxes for you from start to finish. They help you get every deduction you deserve, no matter your unique situation. And you can talk to a TurboTax Live expert through your phone or computer without leaving your house. TurboTax Live experts are here to help you however you need, and if you need an extra hand, hand your taxes off to them, and they'll do it all for you. The TurboTax Live experts an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's not impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to RockAuto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store, but $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselves for over 20 years, and Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they knew we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. The NBA trade deadline is Thursday, February 10th at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and Locked On NBA will be covering it live from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Join Kim Becker, John Corrales, Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd, and NBA veteran Antonio Daniels and get analysis of every blockbuster move. Subscribe to Locked On NBA YouTube and turn your notifications on so you know when they go live. All right, Keith, so... Tobias Harris, he, he had himself a huge game too. And Tobias, is again, we talk about him all the time, but he's the one that has to, especially on a night when Joel isn't out there, he has got to be the one that has to be able to step up and carry the load on the offensive end of the floor. And he, he did so. He had 31 points. Um, he had five rebounds. He had five assists. On the night, he shot 12 for 25. 
uh, two for five from deep. He knocked down all five of his free throws. Uh, just it, it was it was a good night for Tobias, and it's really an effort that they really expect from him as the highest paid player on this team, and no Joel Embiid. Yeah, I don't want to give him. I, I, <laughs> I, just, I, I know, laughing, I know. I'm laughing at that. No, 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 not not because of that. Because um, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it, it's funny. Him being the highest paid player on the team is because they basically had to pay him. Right? No, for sure. I know they, you know, and yeah, a, a lot yeah. of people get it. And you know, his father and his agent, and he did a wonderful job. Like the seventy, Tobias Harris was. It was a a, a free agent market. He was one of the top free agents out there. For sure. So, and the Sixers gave up draft picks. So, it's one of those things where it's like, look, if you don't pay him, it's going to look bad that you gave up all those draft picks for a rental. And you, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So that's what it was. But, 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 yeah, he, you know, he stepped up. See, here's the thing. Tobias has been balling uh, the last maybe five or six games. Yeah, he's been he's a big start- key for this, for this win streak. Yeah, he's starting to get his, his groove back. And, again – Maxi had to score 30. Tobias had to score 30 for them to win. You know, Tobias had to be efficient. He had to do, you know, do all what he had to. He couldn't do the over dribbling. He couldn't do this. He couldn't do that. And he showed up and he played. You know, he really did. He showed up and he played. You know what? He reminded me of last year when they played a couple games, when they played that game against Chicago without Joel and Ben. And how Tobias basically willed them to win, right? Yeah. At Chicago, they played another game, and Tobias did that. You know, we haven't seen a lot of that last year. Now, again, I think that a lot of Tobias' improvement has to do with Maxie improving as a point guard. Agreed. Getting guys the ball in the right spot. But, yeah, you look at Tobias, and he played. I mean, he, he, he played like – a thirty-something million dollar man tonight. Right, right, and then that's all I was trying to say. Yeah, Being, I know, but it's funny the way he came out, though. And I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, no, for for sure. It's just, it's just like for for me, Keith. It's just like because I completely agree with you a hundred percent. Because as you mentioned, the Sixers they gave up draft picks. They gave up uh they gave up Landry Shamit, who at the time, Keith, you know, he was going to be a like a really big piece for the Sixers, and um. So you, you couldn't let Tobias walk after losing Jimmy Butler at that time. It just there was no way you could let him walk. But my my thing is though, you know, with that contract though, Keith does come pressure. Like whether that's warranted or not, it does come with pressure. So and, and Tobias, he was able to step up in a huge way. Um, and Doc mentioned it after the game on on a Monday. Doc said again, quick decisions, getting the ball is going to the basket. And you and I have talked on here a couple times, right? When Tobias had Ben Simmons last year, Tobias had the best season of his career. He shot over 50% from the floor. He shot 39.5% from deep, averaged, you know, 18 uh, or so odd points. Probably should have been an all-star last year. But, you know, this this year those numbers dipped because Tyrese was, you know, still developing and growing how to be a point guard. And as you mentioned it recently, uh, Tyrese's recent growth has been a really huge help for Tobias, and that that's going to help him get back in the rhythm and the flow of the offense. Yeah, exactly. Now, here's my thing. Like, and I, I wrote this this weekend, um, you know, uh, about how I think the Sixers need to make a move at the trade deadline and bring get some help or or something like that. For sure. And and when you look at it, and I know a lot of people talk about we got to go star hunting and we got to do this and we got to do that, 
But the way this team is playing, if you get some solid reinforcements, maybe some, you know, because whoever comes in is going to be the B, the B, the B, the or or, or the one uh, A to Joel's A, right? If Tobias Harris continues to play this way, and you go out there and you get some shooters and you get some other guys who can help you, I mean, I think the Sixers will be good. I mean, right now the Sixers are in third place. They're a half a game out of first place, right? They have Washington coming up. If they handle business and if uh, Chicago loses and Miami loses, the Sixers are going to be the number one team in the East. And we're looking at it and we're saying they need to get – people are saying, oh, they need to get another megastar to, um, to go far. Nah, not the way Joel is playing. And if Tobias can continue to play this way – it's just going to help the Sixers' causes. It really is. No, def- definitely. And I, f- I feel like those are going to kind of be the two the, the two biggest things for me, Keith, when it comes to the trade deadline uh, are both Tyrese and Tobias, right? Because I've always, I've always kind of thought about this. Like, if Tyrese continues to make improvements forward, you don't need a star point guard anymore because, because like, you can believe in Tyrese being able to take that next step forward, right? Yeah. So, but – and then there's – and then that helps Tobias. So – when you go star hunting and you look for that B guy or that 2A guy, you know, who, whoever the hell, you know, you really try to categorize the player, you know, you kind of decide, like, are we going to replace Maxi or are we going to get somebody else to put next to Tobias and, or, or Joel? Actually, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, you'll probably have to move one of those guys to get the star. So I, f- I feel like that's just kind of kind of be the two biggest factors when it comes to anything Daryl Morey in the front office try to do. You got to look at Tyrese and Tobias's play and make a decision on really who you're going to replace. You know, in, essentially. Yeah, I, I think like you know, right about now, you, you do need another ball handler though. You do need one just because if, who who else do they have outside of Tyrese? They don't have anyone. You, I mean, Furkan's playing the two. I mean, playing the one. Yeah, Furkan and Seth. And, and Seth. But, you know, Seth is more, you want him to be more of a, the a shooter. shooter. Yeah. And, and then Shake is, has been out for, you know, I mean, for, for centuries, right? So Yeah, almost so, a month. Almost a month, <laughs> yeah. right? So so it, it, there you have it. But, but, but um, so I think they need that. But right now, what also they need is they need a three. They need a, a small forward. Someone that can uh, go in there. Now, again, I know that uh, Matisse is playing well defensively, Danny, but I think they need another wing. Granted, if it's somebody that comes off the bench, what have you, because it just seems like some of the other players aren't really stepping up in that position, right? So, you know, it is what it is. But, yeah, Tobias, if Tobias continues to do what he does – um, I think the Sixers are going to be competitive. I think they are. Let's grant it. This is let, let's let, let I mean let's be real. This is Joel Embiid's team. For sure, he is the front runner for MVP. So no matter like if Tobias can continue to be the Batman, and 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 Tyrese can be Alfred, you know, whoever, <laughs> or he can be Spider Man <laughs> or whatever. Like and and, and I'm, that's not a knock. I'm just saying, you know, just trying to you know uh, bring who the third person is. I, I think they'll be they'll they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. Well, Spider Man's the greatest superhero of all time. You so. think so? No, nah, for for I know I I don't think so. I know so. Nah, dog. You tr- nah. Nah, to bo- nah. Listen, Spider Man is the goat. Okay. Superman was the goat. 
Superman boring. Superman. Yeah, he Superman ain't got to be boring, but Spider-Man, come on, bro. <laughs> Listen, Spider-Man's the greatest superhero of all time. If you can't, if you can't show your face, <laughs> well, what's that? <laughs> Listen, man. Spider-Man, I don't care what anybody says. He's better than Batman, Superman, all, all of them dudes. Speaking of superheroes, there was one dude who almost became one for the Memphis Grizzlies on, on Monday night. That was John Morant. He had 37 points. But we're gonna, we are going to dissect John Morant's game right after we talk about Bet Online. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Keith, so final segment for this one. John Moran had himself a, a hell of a game. Uh, he had 37 points. Um, he shot 15 for 30 from the floor. Not exactly the greatest field goal percentage, but um, and he was 0 for 5 from deep. There were, there were a couple three-pointers that I thought he was going to make and put the game away, but he just wasn't able to knock them down. But, Keith, I mean, the, 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 the shot making from John Morant in this one, you know, it didn't matter who was guarding him. Matisse, Matisse, I know Matisse blocked him in the first quarter. It was a kind of an impressive play by Matisse. But it kind of looked like Ja used his aggr- Matisse's aggressiveness against him. There were a lot of times he threw a pump fake and Matisse would just fly by. He threw another pump fake and Matisse again would just fly by. Andre would fly by and he would contort his body to convert layups. And um, I feel like that's something that, you know, Matisse is going to have to continue to grow on because, you know, like as an aggressive shot blocker, guys are going to use that against you and they're going to throw pump fakes and they're just going to let you fly by and get easy layups. Uh, yeah, I, I agree 100%. You know, I, I, I do. He, he was just – I mean, he was putting on a show, man. Like, he would just drive the lane. You're like, whoa, look at that one. Like, that. oh, that fell too? Yeah. I mean, it was like – you know the the basket was just huge at, in in the second half. What he scored he scored thirty seven points. Um, Twenty two of his points, I believe, came in the in the second half. Right? Um, yeah, twenty two of his points came in the second half. I mean, you know, he was balling. I I shouldn't say second half after in the mission. No, no, twenty two came in the second half. So you know, he was balling. He had a pretty uh, a pretty good game. I'm going to tell you this, like this guy, you know, he's a dude from uh, Crestwood, South Carolina. Yes, I know about Crestwood because when I used to cover, when I used to cover high schools in um, South Carolina for the, in Myrtle Beach, uh, the Myrtle Beach High School played Crestwood. They actually beat him in the playoffs that one year, right? But anyway, so, you know, he's a guy from there, is right outside of Sumter, South Carolina. Then he goes, you know, to uh, Moorhead State. Uh, Murray State, rather. He goes to Murray State. And you know who went to Murray State? Who was that? Tobias Harris' father played ball there. Oh, very right? interesting. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so, anyway, he goes there, and then you're looking at him like, who? This, you're seeing all these highlights of him in college. Like, yeah, but dude's at Murray State. How good can he be? Right. right? He's the truth. Yeah, he's, he's, he's good. He, he's the truth. <laughs> he's... I mean, more so. Now, here's the thing. The second one, and typically, the first overall pick is normally like the guy. Right. The second guy normally like struggles and 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 you know like 
It, I don't know. It's weird. Like that second pick, Evan Turner was the second pick. Evan Turner. Like like other people, it just seems like the second pick. Michael Beasley. Was Mike, the second Michael pick. Beasley was the second pick. Uh, what's my man? Um, in 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 Joel's draft. Uh, oh, Jabari Parker was the second. Yeah, pick. Yeah, Jabari Parker. You know yep, what I mean? Yep. So like, there's like a curse with the second pick for years. Yeah. yeah. This dude. Nah, John, man. John Morant's different. Oh, uh, he's man. different. Different. Like, he's. He's cold. Like, like, like. that's the thing that was impressive to me. It was just like he really did not care how much defense was in his face. He didn't care that Matisse Thibel was, was guarding him. He didn't care that Andre Drummond and his size was defending the rim. He just he, – he's fearless. And, you know, again, give Tyrese Maxey credit because Tyrese kind of went toe-to-toe with him a little bit. There were time they went back and forth. But – the way Ja was making buckets, it just it, they were kind of like demoralizing baskets, Keith. You know what I'm saying? Because it was one of those things where it's like, dude, like, what more can I possibly do? I I, I defended this shot as well as I possibly could, and you make it. Mm-hmm. And you know, Doc kind of said after the game, he was just like, oh, you know, his, his points they seem like his buckets seem like more than two points, but I promise you, they're just two points. You know, like we just gotta kind of eat it and move on. And I, I understand what Doc is saying because you don't want, like, your team kind of being like, oh, man, we, we can't stop him or anything. But, I mean, Ja, ja cooked him. Ja just cooked him from the jump. Yeah, he did. He did. He cooked him. I mean, he was like they are athletic and acrobatic and, you know, whatever word you would like to use to describe it. He, uh, he He's special to watch. Now, the one thing I will say is, I don't know if he was tired or what, but he struggled in the overtime. Yeah, he yeah. only scored three points in the overtime. Yeah, it was like one for five shooting in the overtime, right? Yeah. So, you know, but at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, this guy is special. And, and yeah, Doc, you know, a coach is going to say that. Because, like, let's face it, two points. Because it got to a point wherever he made a basket, an acrobatic one, the the, uh, the the Sixers fans were like, woo, yep. people, did you see that? Yeah. You know, one of those type things. So I get what Doc's saying, but, yeah, you know, if if you're at home and he's doing stuff like that, like if, if, if the Grizzlies are at home and he makes those shots and you're the other team, you're saying we don't have a chance because the crowd is going to get so amped up and so hyped over the way he plays. No, for sure. And I feel like this is where we have to kind of give the Sixers some credit, right, because – Last time these teams matched up, we talked about it on the podcast on, on uh, Monday, um, Memphis smacked them by 25 points. and 35. Was it 30? You're yeah, right. You're right. Yeah, it was 35. 35 Oof. on them. Sheesh. <laughs> I mean, damn. <laughs> like 35. No, and listen, no, no Joel, no Seth. They come back in this one. No Ja. Yeah, yeah. Memphis didn't have Ja either. They didn't have Ja either. And uh, they come back for this matchup. Sixers don't have Joel. Grizzlies do have Ja, uh, and the Sixers battle, and they were able to come away with a big win, um, even with a pretty weird technical foul by, by Doc Rivers between the fourth quarter and the overtime session. Now, let me set this up. Uh, ja Morant's at the free throw line, game tied at 111. He missed the free throw. Seth Curry grabs a rebound and goes race uh, the end of the floor. He takes a fadeaway jump shot. He missed. Doc thought he got fouled. And he argued with the officials so much, Keith, that he picks up a tech going into overtime. Yeah. And the Grizzlies, uh, Desmond Bain hits the free throw, and Memphis starts the overtime session up 112 to 111. 
Yeah, that was bad because I understand what Doc was doing. He thought like the game was over. I mean, not over, but you know the game wasn't going into overtime. It was a break in action, and he let the ref hear it, right? And when you think about it, you know Doc Rivers been in this league for over twenty years. He's tenth all time in wins. He typically get gets a lot of respect, but the way that he stormed on the court and went to the refs and was yelling and this and that. I kind of think that, you know, he's, he doesn't think he deserved it, but he it's hard not to get it because sometimes when you – I mean, he literally, like, stormed across the court. Yeah. You know what I mean? Across the court to give him a mouthful. And, and you know, I, I, I just think that, you know, after a while the ref had to do what he had to do. I mean, he was – you know, like, you could have turned the other cheek, but I, I, I think that – the way that he stormed across the court um, was 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 the reason he got it. Now here's the thing: if they would have lost that game, that would have been the big play. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. That, oh my gosh! It would have been crazy. It would have been crazy if if, if that would have happened. It would it would have been crazy. Yeah, and, and you know what? Um, Doc even did mention it after where he 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 was like, "It's a terrible tech to pick up." Um, and, and as and I think you mentioned it, like the, in, in your uh, an analysis of it i feel like he didn't think he deserved the tech but he did get it uh he acknowledged that it was a awful tech to get um give the sixers credit they were able to kind of shake it off and able to win uh danny green keith hit, hit a huge three-pointer in overtime um their defense on jaw was really good but i i think you mentioned it too i kind of feel like it was more that the job was tired considering the Grizzlies really didn't make many three-pointers, and they pretty much had to rely on Jod to pretty much do everything out there on the floor. But, I mean, pretty much him and Desmond Payne. Yeah, he was. He was tired. I mean, but, you know, it was, a, it was a good win. I mean, it was a good win for the 76ers. I mean, what, Jod played 41 minutes, 51 seconds. But when you look at that, you know, Maxi played 42-30. Andre Drummond played 42-59. Oh, so, God. you know what I mean? So, but Jod... Those three guys played the most minutes. Um, and Ja played – he was the only player on that team that played more than 39 minutes. So, you know, it is what it is. But, I mean, he, he tired. But, you know, I, I, I'm i not going to feel sorry for him because yeah, the other people played. I mean, I, I'm not a homer, but I'm just saying other guys – like the Sixers have four guys who played over 40 Never minutes. Over 40, no, for, for sure. Coming up next, they're going to be able to take on the Washington Wizards on Wednesday to wrap up the homestand. Uh, thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. is free and available on all platforms. For Keith Pompey, I'm Kai Carlin. We're out. We'll see you guys next time on Locked On 76ers. Deuces.